Hello, this is Nerd Vomit. My name is Doug. I'm a nerd, and this is my vomit. We're back, and I gotta start off with something I talked about last week. The note actually says, Remiss about Vanessa, Daredevil. Yes, I didn't talk about Vanessa. She was kind of a plot device used for most of the season with the Kingpin, or Wilson Fisk, or Vincent D'Onofrio, whatever you want to call him. Um, Disco Soup Bald Man. Let's call him Disco Soup Bald Man. I like that. Uh, But yeah, she finally comes back, and she kind of gets her hands dirty, uh, ordering the death of cop or something. Oh, no, it was the special agent guy who was going to flip on uh, on Fisk. And the thing is, in the comics, uh, Vanessa is actually disgusted by the Kingpin's criminal activities and enterprises, so it's kind of a weird choice to have her kind of get her hands dirty and order a hit after the whole thing with, like, you know, clearing of criminal charges to get her back in the country so that they could, like, make out or something. Um, you don't really see them... Like, all of the time they touch, it's so fucking awkward. Uh, but yeah, it seems it seems like a weird choice um, to have him go back to jail and, like, the stalemate is that, like, Daredevil's like, I know that she called out the hit and if you try to take a shot at me, then I will, you know, fuck her up uh, legally. You know, do I like that, you know, she kind of embraced... The Kingpin's whole life? Yes. I like that. Do I like kind of the conclusion of it? No, not really. Um, I, I think it adds more of a conflict um, when you have the two characters are in love, but one is disgusted by the other one's ways and means of doing things. Speaking of not awkward touching, what a great segue. Uh, the heist. Spider-Man, uh, Sony Spider-Man, uh, the new DLC. I finally finished it. I like that it's beefing up, like, it's, the DLCs I thought were going to be, like, kind of self-contained, uh, no, turns out they're building up to this huge gang war story, uh, with the Magia, which is the Mafia, um, but you've got, like, Black Cat, and she's stealing stuff, and we don't know if she's alive or dead at this point, interestingly enough, and then you've got a brewing gang war, so, with the Magia and the rest of I think it's just the Magia, yeah. And then um, there was uh, some extra side missions. It was nice uh, getting a chance to collect more challenge tokens, because that's what I needed to unlock all of the suits. And uh, just getting the bare minimum uh, challenge uh, tokens. I'm going to try to say that right. Challenge tokens in the Screwball challenges, which are like the new versions of the Taskmaster challenges from the base game, gave me just that. So... Look forward to that if you're if you're like struggling with oh I haven't unlocked everything you'll get a chance um, whether it's in the heist or the next DLC which I think is the gang war or building up to the gang war or the last one's called gang war how many times can I say gang war um, but I really liked it uh, I just all I kept thinking was like there's no way they obviously were working on this for like years and years and years and you know they had everything recorded and everything you know set up to just release to drop like every month. Um, I think I've got about 20 days, no, about le- about two weeks till the next one comes out for November, which I'm so excited for. But, you know, it's, it's just incredible that they put all this together and had this all ready. Um, that they were like, okay, it's going to take you about a month to beat it, and then there's going to be more shit for you to beat. My one bitch, and it was only for a split second, so glad, that I had to chase a pigeon. Holy shit. I, I both, I have a hate, love-hate relationship with chasing pigeons in this game. I mean, it's it's fun, and it's challenging, 
But, like, at some point, I'm like, okay, I've chased literally 14 pigeons. Think about that. I'm playing a game where I have chased 14 pigeons around Manhattan. That's fucking ridiculous. Fun, but ridiculous. You know what's fun and ridiculous? Another great segue. Uh, Titans. I've been watching on the uh, DC Universe streaming, whatever you want to call it, the the new Warner Brothers streaming uh, DC-specific show, Titans, which is a live-action, gritty, dark, profanity-laced version of uh, Teen Titans. And I talked about how, uh, usually with like TV, I will not... I'll only talk about premiere, mid-season finale, and finale, so that I'm not doing like the minutiae of every episode on this show. But when something big happens, or something I want to talk about happens, or something I have to talk about happens, I will bring it up. And Titans had two big things. One, they had a dedicated episode uh, dedicated to their spinoff show, which is Doom Patrol, which is one of my favorite comics uh, under the Grant Morrison run. The Jared Way run was uh, good, it was just short. Um, it it kind of just pettered out, eh, which kind of sucks. Um, but Doom Patrol is a bunch of like kind of tragically powered people, like Robot Man, who's a race car driver, and now he's in a robot body, thus the name. But he doesn't really have sensations. There's um, a character with multiple personalities, where each of our personalities has a different power. It's not quite like Legion. Uh, her name's Crazy Jane. But it's it's enough like Legion that that would be you know I guess sort of. A good analogy, uh, there's the negative man who's possessed by a negative spirit, uh, some kind of radioactive sentient spirit. Uh, I didn't write this stuff. So, but anyway, I love the Doom Patrol. Love it, love it, love it. And Doom Patrol was on Titans and, and actually looked good. I was a little worried because the characters are have such an iconic look if you know the Doom Patrol characters, but I was a little worried. Were Larry's bandages going to look realistic? How was his mouth going to move? Was it going to be the Grant Morrison Rebus version, or was it going to be uh, the Larry Trainer original version, who's, I can't think of who created Doom Patrol off the top of my head, and I'm, I apologize. You know, how are they going to do Rita Farr's powers? Um, she can, you know, grow and shrink. Uh, turns out she's just horribly, like, gelatinous at this point. I think eventually she'll, in the Doom Patrol show, she'll get her normal powers. Once again, Beast Boy uh, can only turn into a tiger so far. When is that going to, like, when is he going to unlock the ability to change into different animals? And how's it going to look? And I'll tell you, when he does change in and out of tiger form, it looks pretty good. I mean, it's used sparingly because it's probably expensive. Um, much like you don't really see Gorilla Grodd on that many episodes of Flash because it literally doubles the budget for that episode to CGI, realistically, a giant telepathic gorilla. Not giant, but a large telepathic gorilla. But Doom Patrol, the way they looked in Titans had me so fucking excited. I cannot wait, wait for the spinoff, which is going to have Brendan Fraser as Robot Man or Cliff, and it's going to have... Um, Oh, who's that James Bond? Timothy Dalton as uh, Niles Calder, the chief, kind of their uh, Professor X leader. He doesn't have any powers, he's just a genius. Uh, but they did start showing like kind of the dark side of his genius uh, in Titans. I'm also excited because at the end of the last episode, and of course, spoilers, just as Dick Grayson, the original Robin, is about to be struck down by assassins, they all get dropped and he gets saved by the new Robin. Now, is this Tim Drake or Jason Todd? I don't know yet, but there is an upcoming episode called Jason Todd. This opens up a whole new world, motherfuckers. Um, 
one, I mean, I like, I like Tim Drake Robin. Um, I kind of like the more uh, kind of happier Robin um, than he, and he kind of earned his, his, just as good of, as, as a detective. I'm going to try to stutter, I'm sorry. Just as good of, of a detective as Batman. Uh, he kind of earned Robin as opposed to being like just having his parents killed and like adopted by Batman or Bruce Wayne, however you want to look at it. But Jason Todd, I mean, I like that. I, I mean, I like that, that his whole thing was like rage. Like, he hated crime. Uh, ironically, became a criminal after he died and came back. Uh, kind of became a hard-lined vigilante called the Red Hood. And uh, But I'm just psyched. It, it doesn't matter which new Robin it's going to be. I am excited. I really, like, Titans was good. Like, I was like, oh, okay, like, yeah. I wouldn't get, like, overly excited. Like, oh, there's Starfire, there's Beast Boy, like, you know, Hawk and Dove. And the Doom Patrol I didn't get excited for. But seeing that new Robin, I was just like... Holy shit, like, where is this going? So, I'm excited. You should be watching Titans. We should all be watching Titans. That's what I'm saying. Um, speaking of stuff I'm watching as well, uh, I started watching My Hero Academia Season 2. Um, the only reason I was a little hesitant to get back into this, and it's not that it's a bad show, but it's the same thing from my review from Season 1. There's so much flashback and exposition that the pacing is super slow. It starts off with, like, a high school-wide, like, Olympiad. And I'm on episode 10 or 11 of 25, and it's just gotten to, like, the final round of the Olympiad. Like, literally half the season has been this Olympiad, and it's, like, it's like three or four episodes per, uh, like, round of this thing, um, these contests. And it's just, like, speed this... like, And they fucking flash back so much to like what happened last week, or you know, whatever, last episode, or some character's motivation, or some clandestine conversation that you saw, and maybe not all the other characters are aware of, but like when the a new character learns it, like they show it, and you're like, dude, I already know this, you can just skip ahead, and the character's like, oh, you talked to blah, 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 and then move on, because as a viewer, I know what was said in that clandestine conversation, I don't need to see it repeated, which they do, which really slows down the pacing. Um, for something that's, like, superhero and action-oriented, like I said, it's just, it, it plods along. Um, I want to see more of, like, the villains they fought, what's going on there, um, and yeah, there's a fair amount of, they're starting to let the characters breathe, which I like, you're starting to find out more about the, uh, the faculty. I, I just, I just think it could be sped up. I don't think it should be like, uh, you know, longer episodes or, or like should be like 13 versus 25. I think it could be 24, 25 episodes. Um, but just don't spend so much time on flashbacks. I mean, they literally flashback to like stuff that happened on the first episode of season one. And it's like, yeah, it's a great refresher sometimes, but you know, when someone's binging them, uh, it slows it down. And I think as the world moves closer to binging a lot of stuff and you have seen kind of a, a, a reluctance against like week to week watching. Uh, that's something where the writers have to kind of go, okay, look, yeah, we can do flashbacks and blah, blah, blah. But let's think about that. Someone's gonna be watching this, you know, in like two days, three days. Um, they don't need refreshers as much. So of course at the top of every season, you should have a refresher. I mean, that's how, you know, you can get new new viewers in. But uh, My Hero Academia Season 2, uh, it's just, I, I watch it, like, kind of, like, in between stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I guess it's going to be slow. And it'll refresh my memory, and I don't have to watch it, like, all at once. Things I do watch week to week uh, that I want to bring up, like I said, 
this goes back to the whole Titans thing. I rarely talk about shows in the middle of their runs uh, or in the first like you know half, but I got to bring something up on the CW Arrowverse stuff. Um, flashes that instead of creating metas, they created meta tech, which is silly so far. Now, I mean, so far, the only two pieces of meta tech we've seen is a knife that steals powers, awesome, and what I'm calling a magic cell phone, stupid. So I'm really hoping that, you know, Flash is kind of on a bye week. I'm hoping they come back and think of, I mean, they've already thought of it, they've already filmed it, I know that, but I really hope that they really hit the ground running a, a bit harder on this meta tech idea because cell phones that make stuff happen is stupid, is silly. Uh, I was not impressed. So um, I like the reveal that, yeah, there's meta tech and that this puts powers into anyone's hands. Uh, if I would have found that phone, it who knows what I would have done. Probably become the world's first supervillain. Well, I guess in that world, I wouldn't be the first one. But you know what I mean. Um, so we'll see where that goes. It's an intriguing concept. Let's see how they execute it is my issue. Lastly, I have started watching Better Call Saul Season 4. I know I'm way, um, I know I'm, you know, behind the curve on this one. Um, but it's one of those shows where I always think it's going to be heavier than it is, and it's heavy. It's, you know, it's drama more than comedy, and there's some funny parts. But I always go, oh, you know, I don't really want to watch something heavy. I want to watch something funny, or I'm watching all my weekly stuff, like from the CW and Titans and so forth and so on, and Doctor Who and The Walking Dead. I uh, mentioned all my shows. But then it's like I sit down and start getting into, like, Better Call Saul, and I find myself, like, watching, like, two or three episodes at a whack, and I'm like, I forgot how engrossing this show is and how amazing it is. And it's getting closer and closer to, like, the start of, like, Big, uh, Big Bang, uh, Breaking Bad Season 1, so you're starting to see more and more characters kind of come out of the woodwork from the beginning of Breaking Bad. So, it, and that just ramps up the excitement. And uh, I'm really enjoying it. I kind of like to see, like, once again, where how these characters kind of came about, and I'm going to be doing an episode next week of the literary podcast, Mr. Right, and I'm going to be talking about prequels, and I'm going to bring up uh, more about Better Call Saul and what I think about prequels, so I'm not going to get too deep into it now, but it is fun watching kind of the foreshadowing of certain characters where, you know, they're like, oh yeah, like, you're untouchable, or whatever, or like the whole like Gus Fring, um, Hector Salamanca thing, where like, you know that Salamanca is going to end up, um, you know, dinging a bell in a wheelchair with a bomb on it and blow up Fring, and it's going to be fucking awesome. Damn, man, that scene was amazing. Anyway, I'm getting all worked up, so I'm going to go. I still don't have a sign-off or any other segments, but I hope you enjoyed my uh, pop culture retching. Um, I have a blast recording this, and I will talk to you or you will listen to me, or that would probably happen simultaneously, uh, next week. So, same vomit time, same vomit channel. I'm not going to say that again. Um, nerd vomit. Yay. If you like this, check out some of our other shows like Mr. Right, Exotic Liability, and No Applause, Just the Clap. You can find us at www.bacnpodcast.com and by searching for BACN on iTunes and Stitcher. Oh, yeah.